0: American Scouser podcast. I'm Jamie here to host us uh, this evening. Tonight we've got two lads to talk about uh, the Spurs game and have a wee look at the uh, midweek Arsenal game. So tonight I've got Chris. Welcome mate, how are you doing?
1: Oh, what about you big lad? I'm good, I'm good.
0: And we've got our new excellent blogger here to join us for his first pod. His name's Paul Bickler and he does the Lone Lads. Paul, how are you doing? Good, good. How are you? Not too bad, mate. Uh, so yeah, it's been a, a a big weekend in the in the grand old US of A with um, Austin, uh, Texas, and Miami doing the the Premier League mornings and and the fan fest. Um, what do you guys think about that? That was a, a spectacle, wasn't it?
1: <laughs> I have a couple of different opinions on that. Um,
2: <laughs>
1: so some of it, some of it's cringy as hell. I mean. Yeah, Seamus, oh, sit down Sheamus. mate oh <laughs> uh, Seamus uh, fair play to him, like, no actually fair play to him getting up there and doing it, you know what I mean, the boys got balls of steel when uh, WWE did a thing in Manchester and he came out and sang you will never walk alone with a Liverpool top on so I mean uh, give, pro- give him props for that um, no, one of the guys that actually watches the games we also here in Knoxville, uh, Mark he's the head honcho of uh, Miami but he has a business up here in Knoxville so he's between the two cities uh, and he was saying that the uh, NBC were going to be down with those guys uh, for that. So yeah, they've they've been down there a few times with those guys. So he was looking forward to that. So I'm actually going to be uh, interviewing Mark for um, the OLSC Spotlight next week.
0: Happy
1: so days. Watch out for that one. So yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of fun. It's great to see, you know, those kind of things come together in the USA. You know, um, and, and so many different teams represented as well. You know, it's nice to see you know Norwich City fans and Leicester City fans and and you know the the smaller teams that don't necessarily get the love this side of the pond. You know, they get overshadowed by the big teams like Liverpool City, Arsenal, Chelsea. You know, uh, and uh, some of those other mid-table teams like United. Um, so it's uh, yeah, it's good to see. It's good to see, although it's 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 cheesy, man. <laughs>
0: Uh, it it can't be, um, but uh, without further ado, let's uh, let's Harry Kane right into it. Let's dive right into it here. <laughs> um, so it's 148 days on from Madrid, lads. 148 days. Can you believe it, Paul? What do you think about that? 100 and 150 days almost since uh, we left at number six.
2: Yeah, it feels like it feels like five years ago and yesterday all at the same time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's get straight into the game here. We'll we'll just do it uh, goal by goal because the old cliche goes it it's a game of two halves. It it really wasn't. It was a game <laughs> of forty seven seconds and then it was all Liverpool. Yeah. Um so Kane in the forty seventh second, lads, put put your put your minds back to the, that forty seven seconds and uh Paul, let me hear your thoughts. Where, where was where was your head at after Kane got that luckiest of goals?
2: I mean, my head was Jesus Christ. I'm gonna have to hear another week of how shit Henderson is. That's uh <laughs> that's where my head was at initially. But um, I probably also probably from me, <laughs> right, right, right. Well, I mean, I think the beautiful thing about that is is whenever you get a goal with inside that amount of time, at least you've got an entire game to recover, right? You know the game's at Anfield, so we're going we're gonna to be giving them shit for the next 90, so.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Chris, what what where was your head at, mate?
1: <laughs> I'll tell you where my head was at. My head was watching a, a little puppy getting operated on. Um, we were all standing in the bar and didn't realize the match had switched the NBC.
0: Oh, Christ.
1: We're all standing there going, this, this, this commercial breaks off all <laughs> <laughs> So we're all standing in the middle of Finns in the middle of Knoxville and we're all like, hold on, it's on NBC. Somebody get the remote. We've got it changed over. As soon as we switched over, it was halfway through the replay for the goal.
0: Uh, well, and all I, anyway.
1: And all I seen was, was, was he who shall not be named with his hands behind his back and heading it onto the crossbar. And I was like, oh, my God. So I didn't know that he wasn't I at was fault wild. until about half time. And then when I saw it at halftime, I was like, what? It, was, it wasn't just Hendo. Do you know what I mean? It was a combination of a lot of things. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it, it, as soon as they scored and we got the ball back again, I was like, we've got goals here. Goals are coming, and they're not going to be able to stop us. And, um, yeah, it, it really was. I mean, I mean, it, I think first half we had something like 73% possession of the ball.
0: Yeah, that's ridiculous, really, you know. And um, apparently, uh, I heard uh, a quick quote from uh, Lover in there. Apparently, Klopp said at half time, which it's not really good uh, protocol to be spouting what, what the manager says at half time. But uh, apparently, Klopp said he was satisfied with the first half performance. We just need to keep it going. Um, we really didn't play that bad, obviously, in the first half. To go to go a goal down inside the first minute, it, it's only onward and upward from there. Um, so, what what was your take on the on the rest of the first half? Because there was a, a couple of good chances, and um, you know what what would you what would you say was our our main problem in the in the first half? There, Paul.
2: I don't know if I don't know if I'd identify like a main problem per se. I mean, I, like you know, I think Chris Chris sets up. Like we were dominating possession, right? I mean, the pressure was there, the possession was there. Um, we knew we just need to limit guilt that ch- chances for them. Um, at the time, Trent was playing in some phenomenal balls and did all game long. Um, I mean, Monet had one he could have easily put away. Um, I mean, Firmino had chances, um, so you knew the chances were going to come, and you knew, I think, just mathematically, you felt like one was going to come in. We just had to eliminate um, getting stuck on the counter. So, um, I mean, I thought, I think where we get in, where this Liverpool side gets in trouble uh, is when we get outplayed in the midfield, and I never felt like that was happening. So I felt, I mean, it's hard to say you feel comfortable 1-0 down, but I felt comfortable going in the second half.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Com- comfortable going into the second half because you could tell those chances were coming. Chris, what did you think of the rest of this? The first half. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean it, it was Gazaniga. I have to give a shout out to Gazaniga. He was unbelievable that whole game.
2: Unreal. But, um,
1: and I mean, I and I was I was chatting to one of the boys and I was saying, you know, if all deck chair arms was was, was in goal, <laughs> that's that's a Jimmy. That's that's for Jimmy. Um, uh, if, if he was in in goal, we probably would have been about four or five one up, because some of those saves he was making were ridiculous. Um, also, you, Paul, you hit the nothing, yeah I can nearly speak. You hit the nail on the head. The midfield, um, Fabinho. Yeah, no, you're
0: you're absolutely Fabinho, right. Fabinho you, just
1: <laughs> absolutely just was unbelievable, just immense. Um, I, I mean, I, I do. I, I've met a few people that don't like him. That don't get I I don't understand how they don't like him. For me, he's been the missing link. Yeah, we've been missing this for a long time since Mascherano, Alonso, uh, Haman days, and then and and even Stevie back there wasn't the greatest. Um, he was great with the long balls and stuff, but um, Fabinho was just the complete article. Um, and that game just proved it.
0: Did you hear? Uh... Klopp has apparently coined a new nickname for Fabinho. Have you heard this? The- Klopp called him Dyson
1: because he <laughs> cleans up. <laughs> oh,
0: I like it. That's unbelievable, isn't it? Uh, yeah. There might be there might be a, a a TV advertisement commercial deal in the works there.
1: <laughs> him and the wife, him and, I and Rebecca <laughs> out there giving it that. Yes, I mean yes. It's it didn't a- happen. A-
2: the interesting thing about Fabinho is, like, you look at this this guy, and, and I think right now, like, it, it's hard to find anyone in all of Europe right now that you would rather have as your as your guy in the hole, your your sort of enforcer in that midfield. Um, in, unless, unless oh, yeah. you're the
1: Brazilian manager and you pick Casemiro.
2: Right, right. I think what was it Klopp that just said that Fabinho just goes for for flights. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just for holidays. But or I think. Yeah, what's amazing about him, though, is like, you know, that role, traditionally speaking, under Klopp has been to take defense and recycling possession and move it forward. And I don't, I don't, the, the rare thing about Fabinho is he's obviously an, incredibly gifted defensively, but he, he turns from defense to offense like almost, it's, it's insane how quick he moves possession forward and how, how, Good and intelligent, his vision is in terms of his passing moving forward, and he doesn't have the range that Henderson or even Stevie G had back there in terms of just sending long balls over the top. He doesn't really need to because that's what we're getting out of our 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 right and our left back right now. But the ability to find those link passes in the middle going forward are just like he's elite right now.
0: You're you're spot on, mate. Elite is uh, pretty much an understatement in my book. Um, I had a look at his heat map for the Spurs game and it was, it it made for some interest in reading basically. So here's some of the, some of the stats that he had. He had 111 touches. He had the most tackles, which was four. Uh, he regained possession 11 times and he had the most passes in the opposition half, which was 68. That's, that's a hard, hard to fathom right there. But, uh, he really was fantastic. I mean, we could sit here and talk about players like uh, Fabinho all night. Um, so we'll move on and we'll talk about the second goal, our first goal, Hendo's goal um, in the 52nd minute, which I believe just came after Son's crash off the crossbar. Yeah. Uh, Chris, what do you what do you what do you put down Hendo's goal to? Do you think it was a a Decent left foot finish, or do you think he miscued his kick?
1: I think it's, uh, it was, yeah, six or one, half a dozen of the other. It, it was one of those ones. Get your foot on it. If it goes on target, hope for the best. And, hey, it went in. Um, I, I think, um, you know, if we're, we're going to get into, like, analyzing. like, if you look at Ox's first goal, I guess, against Ghent, he didn't catch it cleanly. Um, he kind of scuffed it into the far corner. Luckily, the goalkeeper was in France. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And it was able to trickle into the far corner. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the ball in from Fabinho, um, the defender made a right hash of it. Uh, Hendo did a good job just to get his foot on it and get it on target. Um, caught a very informed goalkeeper off guard, which was tough to do, and and broke the deadlock finally. Um, yeah, and and... Worthy of the goal as well. I mean, he made that mistake at the very start and, and made up for it. So fair play.
0: Uh, and you can tell what it meant to him, Paul. Yeah. Uh, like put yourself in his shoes. It's been God knows how long since he scored.
2: Four years, you- almost four years.
0: Whoa, wow. He scored <laughs> at
2: Anfield at least. I mean, I mean, I think I scored at Anfield like three years ago. I think, I think hard enough. Like, yeah, it's <laughs> a long. That's a long time. I mean. Listen, I get both sides of the coin on Henderson. I get why people don't like him. Um, I don't understand some of the arguments against Henderson. Like the whole, like, all he does is pass it sideways and backwards. I think it's the most ridiculous bullshit argument ever. Um, I think it's an argument made by a lot of people that don't understand the role that he was asked to play in the midfield a long time ago, where you're recycling possession. Um, And I think it's people that just blatantly don't want to admit to the fact that he has a lot of the qualities in terms of his long ball ability that – reminded people of Gerard to begin with um I mean yeah he's not he's not a goal scoring midfielder and that's what everybody wants to see that's the sexy thing right uh, mm-hmm. Henderson's gonna get in there he's gonna he's uh he's he's an unrefined less uh acclaimed Milner like in terms of what he does he's a he's a workhorse um I, I mean, there's a lot of attributes I like about Henderson. He's not ever going to be what people want him to be. Uh, four years at Anfield, you know, you could make the argument it doesn't matter where you're playing in the midfield. you got to put it in when you're on the pitch That as much as he is. So I, I get the argument both ways. I credit him for being there. I credit his work weight. Um, I, you know, I mean, I obviously understand. I, I like his work rate and what he means to the club, and, and obviously his passion for the club. I understand it's both sides of the coin. I was happy to see him put it in
0: uh you could tell as well when when the game was over he uh he got one of the famous Klopp hugs and he just let out a big puff of air he just you know he he just right. total total exhalation like and and you can tell what the win meant to to him and to Klopp yeah. but um well we'll move on to the the penalty um just it was inevitable, really, when Mane was running through. You you just knew Mane was going to get to the ball first. Um, for me, it's a penalty all day. I think Peter Crouch said there could have been three or four penalties in the box there with Mane and Aurier. But um, for me, it was definitely a penalty. Guys, I'm pretty sure you were on board with me.
1: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, for sure. Here's the thing. It, it was pretty much... A carbon copy of the uh, the Albrighton t- tackle, pretty much the yep, same thing.
0: Absolutely, um, yeah.
1: You know uh, the kick on the back of the calf. That you know, there's there's going to be the complaints. Oh, he put himself in there and he put himself in a position to get kicked. So he was looking for the penalty. Here's the thing, and and I laugh when I see um, people like Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer. Gary Lineker was was the '80s and '90s Harry Kane. Very much. You know so. what I mean. Yeah, you know, like he he, he he was he was looking for that even you even breathe on Gary Lineker, and he went down. You know? Um yeah. so, so those those boys have, have right to talk about it, but it's just the fact that he's so fast.
0: That was he's it. just so, so for,
1: fucking just so quick. Yeah. He can for just me, get he gets into to those the ball positions. before
0: anybody else and yeah. he he makes them make the decision. It's and, unreal. Yeah.
1: Um it's kinda like um The difference between him and Salah is when Salah has the ball at his feet, he does the same thing that Mane does without the ball at his feet. Absolutely. So what Salah does is he'll take that step with the ball and leave the ball where it is and take the step and take the defender and cut back. Mane does that to defenders when they have the ball he comes charging in and he steps and they step to the side he takes the ball off them and charges it's, it's weird it's kind of like this mad like mind trick thing that he does um, and, and he does it with the ball at his feet too but he's, he's just so fast he's just so quick to the ball it's kind of like it's a trait within our team to get that second ball if the ball's going loose you be first to it you know like he, and he
0: sprinted the whole second half of the pitch to get there too you yeah. know he totally deserved it
1: you know, Bobby's the same. Bobby will track back 70 yards to do the same thing. Yeah. You know, and it's and that's just basically what wins those games. Teams cannot cope. Like Spurs were doing okay up until the 60th minute, and then they had to bring in Ndombele, and he did okay. But to try and come into a game that's going that fast and try and get up the pace before the end of the game in less than, like, 20, 30 minutes is, is really, really hard. Um, Absolutely. And, and that's what it is. We just completely knacker teams. Because we're still going 100 miles an hour in the 89th minute. And that's why we get so many late goals.
0: So we'll talk about uh, the penalty now. The the actual Salah striking the the ball. (laughs) Uh, The keeper for me kind of moved. Do you think he was kind of hoping he was going to the keeper's right or Salah's left? Paul, what do you think?
2: Shame. (laughs) <laughs> I don't. I Salah's run up used to make me incredibly nervous. I don't I don't know what it is about it. It used to but I mean I can't remember the last time he didn't put it on frame, so I'm comfortable now. But um yeah, I don't that, that that's called so inconsistently now anyway. Um I I don't know. I was just happy it went in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He struck it well. You could hear the bike the net rip almost. Uh Chris, you think, uh, put yourself on the line there. Do you think you're saving that one?
1: I'm saving that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was a terrible penalty.
0: It was right beside him, wasn't it?
1: Oh, it was right. And, that, and I think it was just sort of, I think he had in his head, okay, he's a left footer. Um, he likes to curl him to the far corner when he when he hits him from outside the box. They're looking at his penalties for Egypt and he likes to go to that bottom right-hand corner or the the keeper's bottom right. So I think he's kind of thinking in his head, I'm going to go bottom right here. Uh, And Salah just sort of switched it up and and didn't quite catch it as cleanly as he would have liked and and just sort of wrong footed him slightly. So, yeah, kind of kind of lucky with it, but I I didn't see it because I don't watch penalties. So, um, yeah, I just wait for the cheer.
0: You're a Paul Ince type of guy, are you? uh,
1: Don't you ever dare put me in a sentence with that man. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Apparently
0: Paul Ince never watched a penalty in his life
1: uh i i think he's a lamb bastard um because <laughs> I, I could say i have i have watched penalties but no recently man i've been kind of cagey with the penalties and i'm getting up there a bit so the old heart you know i'm Absolutely. up in my, my 40s now so i'm kind of having to you know drink green tea and look after myself <laughs> um,
2: Good,
1: man, so, yourself. <laughs> you know so uh yeah uh so- i didn't see it but when i saw the replay I was glad I didn't see it.
0: <laughs> so, just a few stats on Salah because it seems to be every week we're we're constantly breaking records and and constantly having to do homework to pull up all these stats and figures and blah blah blah. <laughs> but uh, so that's Salah's fiftieth at Anfield. Um, so he happens to have scored fifty goals in fifty eight games. <laughs> the only man to do better is Roger Hunt, and he done it in fifty five games, and that's that's back in the 60s like but uh another one as well um he's the second most liverpool player to to score as many goals against spurs the first one who's first who scored the most goals against spurs in the premier league era
1: premier league era jared
0: Fowler with six Fowler? Fowler's got six against Spurs and now Mo has five. But uh, one more stat and then we really do, we'll give uh, Gazzaniga uh, another shout out. But uh, one more stat here that I picked out that was, uh, I thought, quite interesting. Um, Liverpool are now unbeaten in 10 games when we concede first.
1: Wow. <laughs> wow. That's, that's, that's,
0: a, uh, that's a good one. That's a good one.
2: Yeah, especially cuz I mean I think the big knock with Liverpool back in the in in the Rodgers days was like the mentality, right? I mean, you just saw the team sink whenever we conceded and and also when we were like we go two goals up, you never felt like that was safe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um so yeah, we'll move on to Gazaniga because 12 saves. He really did um he nearly pulled it all off, you know. Um but the last keeper to have twelve saves in the Premier League was David de Gea against Liverpool.
1: Huh. I
0: think that was fifteen, sixteen. But yeah. um, his, uh, you know, he had a couple of double saves there, the the Salah, and then Bobby almost finished it up. But um, twelve saves—that's that's pretty pretty damn good going. Do you think that's? Do you think that we weren't clinical enough or do you think we just caught him on a really good day?
1: Chris both. Again, yeah. Again, I think a bit of both.
0: A wee bit of both, I. Yeah,
1: All? I mean, he, he was on form. Uh, some of the shots were straight at him. Um, but yeah, a couple of those double saves were great. Uh, the only tipped over the bar was a cracker. Um, the free kick save was a good one. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he was... It just seems to be when reserve goalkeepers play against Liverpool... They just play out of their skin. There's just something that our our, our club tends to to bring out in people. Uh, I think it's a good thing. To see, I like to see players at their best. You know, um, yeah. and 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 for a play to him, it looks like he's stepping up. And and um, for me, again, even the fact that we beat him, uh, he looked to me more solid than Loris has looked in about three three years. Absolutely, so, uh, old I think old Dak um,
0: chair himself.
1: Uh, old deck on his way. I think old deck chair could be on his way out.
0: I said that as well. That, that that's a career-ending injury for me if for you're a goalkeeper, goalkeeper. Yeah. If you're a, a goalkeeper, country. like not only the confidence. We spoke about injuries last week, building up to this game, but you, you know that's that's really got to shake your confidence there, Paul. I don't know if you've ever had a, a a broken bone or a big injury, but wow, like that one was horrific.
2: Yeah, lots of broken bones, but nothing like that. I mean, and, and yeah, you could just tell, like, I think more than anything, when he went down, the look on his face, you know what I mean? Like, he, you could just see it in his eyes when he went down that he was, uh, that he knew something was was seriously wrong. So, um, look, I mean, you say you like to see players at their best, so do I. And, you know, I like to see great players. So I never like to see somebody like with the town of Loris go down. But I think you're probably right. I mean, he's not he's not getting any younger at this stage, and, and that that probably does spell towards the beginning of the end for him there. Yeah.
0: So um, I've I've just got one more note here written down uh, about the game, and that is I was listening to Steve McManaman after the game, and he's basically just echoing things that we've all said here on on American Scouser, and and Kazi has said it, and and Timuchin has said it. We're we're unbeatable at Anfield. We're we're steamrolling teams. It's um, Fortress Anfield is just become one of those things now. It, it's sixty games we have. Oh, it's ridiculous stats, but um, Fortress Anfield lads, this is it. We're we're staring it in the face. It's amazing.
1: Here's the difference. Five years ago, Brandon Rodgers was still in charge. If the, if the, we, we were playing the game, we were playing at the weekend. Spurs score, and everybody in Anfield would just panic. There would be murmuring, there would be gasps, there would be people panicking, and we would end up maybe freaking out the goalkeeper, the defenders, because there's a big gasp but somebody didn't get a touch right, uh-huh. and then we go 2-0 down. The difference on Sunday, we go 1-0 down, and Anfield got louder. Yeah, no. 100%. And it it's just... You know, when Clark came in, he said, believe, believe, just get behind me and believe what we're doing here and we'll do things. And here's the thing. The fan base have got it now. Anfield has got it. Everybody has got it. We believe. That's and that was huge, the thing. isn't it? You know what I mean? It is huge. You know what I mean? Like, coming back, that, that, after that Barcelona comeback, how can you not believe that we could come back from 1-0 down against Spurs?
0: uh you just give me goosebumps there any anytime, you know I
1: mean?
0: anytime you think about that Barcelona game it's just we can never not talk about that game and it's unbelievable the the comebacks like like the stat I read out that's that's ten games where we've conceded first <laughs> you know it unbeaten in ten games that's uh that's a hell of a stat to have there that's that's you know um that's top of the league mentality right there.
2: I think it's interesting because, I mean, you can say what you want about, you know, Jurgen Klopp and, and what he's done to to the culture of Liverpool. Um, you know, Chris talked about five years ago. And the fact of the matter is, is five years ago, we were talking about how Anfield lost its atmosphere. It wasn't what it used to be. It was yep. overrun by tourists who were quiet People that wanted to take selfies and videotape the game but weren't there to actually support. We talked about the spirit of Shankly was upset about seeding. And we had numerous, numerous issues. Um, in the mentality of the club, in terms of the play on the pitch was the same thing. I mean, we had a loser's mentality. Um, and we talked about Barcelona, right? But I mean, really, this stuff got lifted off the ground way before that. I mean, we had Dortmund. Um, I don't know if you guys remember yeah. Nor- Norwich, the crazy, yeah. like, pregame. So, yeah. I mean... With this thing happened in stages and, and it is a big credit to Klopp um, in terms of uh, not only unifying this back room situation, there's no talk of a committee anymore, um, but but really um, knitting this fabric of the club from um, the old schoolers and Spirit of Shankly to, to the actual club brass all the way down to the common everyday supporter um, and made Anfield what made it special. It made it you know this blue collar city uniting under one color to push these guys across the finish line because no matter how talented the squad is it is about um the 12th guy it's about you know essentially the anfield being bigger than life
0: yeah and uh you know you you, you spoke about um players going to or people going to fans going to visit anfield um i do have to make a special shout out here to uh our main man, Kazi, he was he was there at the game cheering on the Reds. And uh, one of my own mates, Kurtz, from uh, from LFC Wilmington, he was over there as well and and really helped cheer on the Reds and bring back three points. And Chris, didn't didn't you have a friend visit for the Spurs game as well?
1: Yes, uh, my mate Cody and his girlfriend Jesse, uh, they were over there as well. So, uh, yeah, that was good. And, and my mate uh, and Adam from LFC Knoxville as well. The, they're all LFC, LFC Knox peeps. Um, Adam and his girlfriend, they were over for the Leicester game a couple of weeks ago as well. So there's there's more and more, and we've got all these people coming in the LFC Knoxville every week. It's kind of crazy uh, it, how many new people are coming in every week. It's uh, fantastic,
0: and you, we always have to give these people a shout-out because y- you find yourself living vicariously through these people and, and checking out their photos, and
2: and you're up, we're, yeah. right,
0: we're right there behind them. So... Um, Great that they could go and and see Anfield and see see it on a winning day and the the sun was even shining. You know, the the rest of the week was terrible weather, but uh, it was cold, but the sun was shining. <laughs> so
1: that's a, that's a rare thing in Liverpool.
0: Absolutely.
1: <laughs> Here's the thing: because when I was living back home, you know, I, I was on that Belfast to Liverpool ferry more times than you could shake a stick I, You know what I mean? I, I yeah. was over the, I was over quite a lot because it was very easy to do. You know and um and, and it's it, I miss it like crazy, I can't wait to get back again, you know, but um, it's nice to be able to see you know people uh, and my American friends come over to be able to experience their property you know and 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 just seeing that it means just as much to them as it does to me of course and as, it much, and as it much to as it does to the guy that lives on Anfield Road, yeah, you know, so um you know it, it's that whole thing about you know. Paul was talking about five years ago, we didn't want the foreigners and all that sort of stuff. Here's the thing. The foreigners that are going now, um, they're learning more about their club and the culture and all that kind of stuff. And it's helping to bring the atmosphere up. You know, the, these songs have just uh, united everybody.
0: Absolutely. You know? it, and, it's um, fantastic culture right
1: now, isn't it? Yeah. And and it's just sitting in the bar and you just the song comes on and everybody just starts singing it. Yep. You know, and and that has changed within the fan groups as well. Because the last couple of years, there wasn't a lot of singing with the groups over this side. Now, every five minutes.
0: No, it's a it's a great uh, a great thing. We're all literally singing from the same hymn sheet, and Jamie Webster and Klopp are the conductors. And you know, it's it's just great to 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 be a Liverpool fan these days. So um we're about halfway. We're at the halfway mark here lads so I'll, I'll open up the floor anything else you want to talk about the Spurs game before we move on to uh the midweek game Paul anything you you want to add or or talk about no
2: uh, I don't know I don't I don't think so I think we covered just about all of it although I will say Trent Arnold was fucking incredible Absolutely uh, I mean obviously it looks a little bit uh, sketchy on the counter but I'll take that when he's zinging those balls in from 50 yards out on the right like that
0: Chris, anything to add?
1: Uh, not really I mean we were just us again and top of the league, 6 points clear after 10 games I mean the only blip on our, on our thing is a one win draw when you can say the only blip on your, yeah. your thing is a 1-1 draw at Old Trafford <laughs> I think you're doing okay
0: Aye, absolutely um, and considering
1: we we played Chelsea, we've played Arsenal, we've played Leicester, uh, we played Palace. Uh, we yeah. played Palace. Yeah. So we played the rest of the top six apart from City, and we're gonna play them in two weeks.
0: yeah right, so I just wanted to add one thing. Did anybody see Roy Keane talk about the Spurs defense? Oh, no. No he called them he called the left back and right back dumb and dumber. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, you you got to love that man for for the one liners, really. Mm-hmm. So we'll move on to uh, Arsenal in the cup. Um, Paul, I've got a funny feeling this might be right up your alley. Oh, um, we've got uh, eleven academy youngsters or have been called up to the to the squad to train uh, this week. Um, I could go through the names, but to be honest, there's a few that I couldn't pronounce. <laughs>
2: oh, shit, don't don't rely on me, man. I'll do my best.
0: So uh we've got Adrian Lonergan, Odjorninski, which is the young goalkeeper, uh yeah. Gomez, Vanderberg, Boys, Williams, LaRucci, Kaida, Ox, Milner, Lalana, Chevrella, Keane, Clarkson, Origi, Brewster, Jones, mm-hmm. Elliot, and Longstaff all trained on Monday morning. Mm-hmm. Um it's a good time to rotate, get uh, get a couple of, of of fresh legs in there. Um I don't know if you've seen the Arsenal game of the weekend, but they're a club that are essentially falling apart right now. Yeah. Uh, how heavily would you rotate, Paul?
2: Uh, super heavily. I would. I would. I would play the kids, man. I mean, I think realistically speaking, um, I mean, Klopp traditionally. I like think last year we had a game like this. I think it was the Wolves game where we were almost, almost entirely kids. I think you're going to see something similar to that. I do think you're going to see a little bit more. Seniority in, the, in in parts of the midfield. I imagine you might see uh, Naby, uh, possibly Ox. but I think I think you see I think you're going to see Kijana. Um, I think the real interesting thing is going to be the back line, right? Because I mean, Virgil picked up a little bit of a knock last game. I can't imagine you're going to see him. Um, you've got Matip out for six weeks, um, so uh, you Hi, know. Can for-
1: I just have it the Matip thing? Uh, the Matip thing is it was. It was originally put out in the Manchester Evening Standard. Right. And that's, that. Um, I was chatting to one of my buddies there and he's like, he's a media hound. Man, he he will find you the source. And he, he'll find you the source of, of the universe if you ask him, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> and he's he was saying that all the stories are bridging off the, this original one in the Evening Standard. Hmm. None of the big names, Pierce, Joyce, Melissa Reddy, nobody, none of those ones have mentioned it. Interesting. Uh, maybe, maybe they're waiting for an official one from the club, right. but as of now the only source is the Manchester Evening Standard, who also own the Echo so it's kind of right? maybe one of these hearsay things that they're putting out there and hope it catches but I, I, I would hold off on maybe saying the six weeks yet. The interesting. one thing I did
0: hear about uh, that Klopp mentioned, he said it was a slight niggle he had um, and then he picked it up again during the United game. Yeah. So six weeks, whether it's true or not, six weeks could could prove to be a a, a short think, period.
2: Yeah, the verbiage is up to six weeks. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, that's interesting about the the Manchester link. Um, I did not know that. Any anyway, I mean, obviously, I, I don't think you're going to see him. I it's going to be very interesting whether you see a Lover and end up making an appearance or whether we're going to see – I'm really hoping to see more of this, uh, you know, a uh, uh, Seth Benenberg. Yeah, uh, for sure. The kid. I mean, I think that he's going to be an absolute stud. Um, and, you know, he's, he's pegged to be the future. Um, so, obviously, him. I think you're going to see Joe Gomez in some capacity, which will make a lot of people happy. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I think you're going to see – like, like I, I think I might have mentioned Kijana. Um I really like this kid that they're going to play at right back. Um, so you're going to see him uh, as well, um, the Dutch kid. So, I mean, yeah, you're going to see kids. Uh, Rian Brewster, love to see that guy get a run out. He's been incredible when he's played. Um, so, you know, I imagine you're going to see a Origi. Uh, but, yeah, you're going to see a lot of youth in this one.
0: Yeah, I, I don't mind that, to be honest. Uh, Chris, how heavily would you go for it?
1: Uh, yeah, I got to echo what Paul saying there. I, I think uh, Adriana goal. I think um, Hoover at right back. Gomez and Sepp in the middle, or possibly Lovren with Sepp coming in later, Um, and I think LaRucci at left-back. And I think that kind of works into into that old sort of um, really weird back three, back four that we used to play Uh, when Klopp first came in, where Gomez would play at right-back and everybody would shift in to allow Moreno to get way high up. Absolutely. And, and, and the is very much in the Moreno mould at the minute. He used to um, be a winger. His, he, he used yeah, to be a so, winger and,
0: and Klopp and, said, no, we'll play you left-back because yeah, we know the, the left-back in, in yeah. the first team.
1: And that was Moreno. Moreno was a left-winger and he ended up going back into left-back at Sofia and he got picked up. But So I can see a similar thing there. My concern is that holding midfield role. Um, I don't know. I, I I'm trying to find clarification on it, but uh, Fabinho is on four yellows Aye. Um. if he picks up another one in the cup does that count for the league
0: I've, so I've, that if he I've plays in this game similar research uh, I'm trying to find out I haven't found um, a definitive answer but because um, I think
1: that also plays in the, the, the formation that we'll play and whether Fabinho will play on Saturday against Villa especially with City the following week Um. I think we definitely need him for City so um. if the yellow counts, cards count, and we'll get him a ban. I think he plays tomorrow night. Send him out, a Wednesday. get the yellow card. Send him out, get the yellow card, miss the Villa game, get him in nice and fresh for City. Um, I think we can we can beat Villa without him. But, um, yeah, him holding with Nabi and Ox. Uh, Harvey, maybe in a free roll, like a number 10. Yeah. And, and Rian and Divock up top. Um, I think that works with the Rucci hogging that left wing.
0: Yeah,
1: that sounds um, great. I, I that's what I would like to see. Um whether whether that's what we get, I don't know. We might see Lalana, we might see Milner, um, you know, we might see some other players in there, um uh like Curtis Jones uh, or any of those guys. So um and again it would be good to see those kids get a run out too. So I, I can't see Arsenal putting out too much. I think they're gonna go all kids as well, especially after um that result against Palace. Um, the, their morale is down. Those players will not want to come out and get beat by a bunch of kids, so they're going to send out the kids. And if they're going to get beat, it's going to be essentially a fair scrap. If that Absolutely. makes sense. Absolutely. Um, uh, excellent
0: get... there, at <laughs> a yeah. uh, segue in straight into the next role, which uh, which is the palace catastrophe, um, um, the VAR goal that should have been. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but uh, it yeah, was a shambles. That's terrible!
2: That's terrible.
0: Shambles, really. Um,
1: yeah. I didn't see anything off it. Um, I, I saw kind of saw the highlights of some of the goals, but didn't wasn't really paying attention. I did, though, um, watch trips on Arsenal Fan TV this morning. How unbelievably. Um, Gold was oh, that. incredible. I, and I, the, then after him talking about Granit Xhaka, I had to go back and look at the Anissa uh, incident. And yes, I agree with the guys. Yes, I, I yes, actually God. agree with troops.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm. I'm all on board. I think it's a a terrible way to conduct yourself as the captain of a club. Never mind a club as big as Arsenal. You know what I mean? Like the these fans, Arsenal fans. I'm pretty sure spend the most amount of money per game to go see their club, because it's expensive down in London, but uh, if anybody hasn't seen it I'd, I suggest you go and watch Arsenal Fan TV just for that one, because it, buyer beware, there's a lot of cursing and expletives and emotions, but uh, if you've seen the Arsenal game you've got, got to, to, to go watch the Arsenal any- Fan TV.
1: If anybody's brave enough if anybody's brave enough to do this, please film it if you're going to do it I want a reaction <laughs> video, right? Dr- drinking game, take a shot every time Troop says "understand." No, don't do that. People will die.
0: <laughs> People will die.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, please, I, I, please, no. somebody do that. Either put it on TikTok or on YouTube. Uh, tag me in it. Uh, tag American and I want to see that. It is. It is
2: interesting. You know, the whole the whole game. Aside from VAR, the Jacques incident does raise a very interesting thing that's happening right now in the sport. And this has probably gone on for ages, right? But, I mean, it is it is current topic now when we talk about the standards that we hold players to. You know, the meme circulating last week on a lot of Liverpool bank club pages with the Gordon Ramsay talking to certain players of our teams versus talking to Lovren, right? Yeah. Uh, very much the same thing when you look at Lacazette Alabama Yang versus somebody like Xhaka on that side, right? So um, there is a part of me that feels sympathetic for Xhaka. Um, you know, obviously his reaction uh, leaving the pitch is, is, is completely unprofessional um, and not something that I would ever condone or want to see as a fan. Um, but I, I, there is a part of me that is sympathetic to, to the fact that there are supporters holding certain players to entirely different standards.
0: I think the main reason, while he hasn't been performing um, very well at all, um, he has been voted by the players as the captain. Um, but in, in the Palace game in particular, it seemed that whenever a centre-back received the ball, Xhaka would purposely look up front. Like, he wasn't searching out to, to call for that ball the way Fabinho would, the way in any sort of player in the midfield would, he seemed to shy away from the ball a lot. And these fans know the team intimately, just as we do, our team. Um, he seemed to shy away a little too much and he got called out for it. He got subbed off and he, he didn't run off, which he's been subbed off before and he, he runs straight off. He walked off. Um, I think obviously nobody's condoning that sort of uh, abuse that he received but by all means you you don't hold your ear up to your own fans you know oh, okay. if-
2: but here's my thing i would never as a supporter i would never boo one of my own going off the field either okay no matter how poor the performance was so i mean not that i'm condoning him raising his ear up to or taking his shirt off before he left the, you know the pitch uh, or sarcastically clapping at his own fans, um, but you don't turn on your own either. Um, and and I'm, not to say that, I'm not saying that as a fan, you can't hold your own accountable for poor performances. But um, I, I, I thought it reflected poorly on Arsenal as a sporting group too, um, and not just Shaka.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right, uh, Chris. Anything to add on the on the Shaka? Uh,
1: here's the thing: when when he came to Arsenal, there was all this hype behind him. Um and and you know we saw it a few times where he has this unbelievable left foot. Um, it's almost sort of Koeman-esque where he has this ability to just catch it with a left foot and it just goes like an arrow straight, like wherever a it's going. Yeah, a and, it's an, and it's an absolute rocket. But that's all it. That's it. I mean, he's said what more red, yellow cards?
2: Yeah, red di- cards. Yeah. I mean, his his
1: his disciplinary record is ridiculously bad. Um, his attitude. Um, I mean he goes dis he, he disappears in games. Um, you know, like you were saying there against Palace, he didn't want any part of the ball. Um that's not a captain's performance. Be, I mean, for me, you'd be ashamed to wear the airband. You know what I
2: mean? At What's that? I said you gotta wonder how mentally tough he is at this point, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm not I, I. I mean, I played football at a certain level. I played football at a level that there's been people there to watch. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying it was anything great, but there was enough <laughs> people there. Enough people there to watch. They make enough noise, and if they shout stuff at you, you know. And and I've been yeah, I've been in the end of some. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that wasn't the greatest fan in the world, but you know, um, I've been on the end of some abuse, and um, and it's not fun. But the difference is, I'm not earning hundred grand a week. Um, and the captain of one of the biggest clubs in in world football, and one of the most recognised names in world football. So, uh, it's a different sort of standard that, that it has to be held to. And players are a bit more accessible to, to fans these days. The internet has now switched it from uh, them being untouchable to now being our best friend. Yeah. You know, yeah. Genie yeah. Wijnaldum. Genie goes out of his way to try and reply to everybody. Reply to
0: most people. absolutely. Yeah, the
1: the comment. You know, um. So it's now we're in that age where everybody's accessible. You know, everybody's got at the internet and you can just send a message directly to that person. So the accessibility, and that's what it is in the ground now, people feel that they can just go and talk to a player. So then it comes to the point where they can just scream and shout at them like they haven't been able to before. And it's not condoning that behavior. I I don't condone it in any way, shape or form. But um, it's that whole primal thing. And and it's now the, the lines have become blurred with a lot of things um and and the fans are at the point where it's so personal yeah oh. that that it that it almost becomes like a marriage yeah you know what i mean where you say stuff that you really don't mean you yeah. know uh, and and you don't really mean it but just in the heat of the the heat of the argument it just comes out absolutely you know and and there was a bit of that between the fans and with shaka you know that was very much that kind of argument. You know, and, mm-hmm. and yeah. you know, here's the thing: in three or four weeks' time, he's going to blast one into the top corner against Norwich, and they're going to love him in here. <laughs> you know, so it, it, you know, it's whatever. It's fair play to them; let them get on with their thing. That's um, if he I'm, gets I'm, a
0: game.
1: Yeah, if he gets a game, but I mean, we we had similar stuff with Jordan Henderson. Yeah, we've gone through this with Henderson. Where fans, you know, me being one of them, had wrote him off. He just wasn't suited for that number six role. Um, he's he's a man renewed in this more advanced midfield role um, and what Paul was saying about the range of passing, uh, I, I kind of disagree a little bit, I, that ball that he has where he comes out to the, the side of midfield and whips it diagonally, kind of like Trent does, but he kind of, he's facing away from the box and he kind of turns his foot and sends it back across to the back post, penalty area spot, it, there's no other player in, in, I can see doing that pass Yeah I don't see anybody else doing it, um, and it's not so a we,
0: one-off either. He does it's, it's not a
1: one-off. He does it time after time after time, you know. And it just so happens that maybe a player's not in position, but any of the time there's a player in position, it, it's always on target, you know. So it's
0: so not that not trying to open another can of worms here, but uh,
1: no.
0: Ozil, anyone, anyone, Ozil, Ozil,
2: anyone, who, who,
1: <laughs> Is that that dude that the uh Kolasinac protected? <laughs> from the machete guy oh,
2: yeah. it's is that the guy that least... drove
1: off and left him standing to face a guy with a machete <laughs> Mesut uh, Ozil
0: yeah World Cup winner and <laughs> hasn't been seen apparently uh, but he, uh, was a,
1: he, he was a go Mesut ahead Ozil, Mesut, Mesut Ozil's in that same sort of boat as like Demetar Berbatov when they can be bothered it's ridiculous. Yeah. But they just can't be bothered. Yeah. Just, that's, just how, that's just how it feels to me. I wouldn't want to play with a player like that because there just seems to be no fight. Yeah. I, I have no time for that. I'm all about the fight. You know, if you haven't got that fight in you, fuck away off.
0: And, and speaking about fight, did anybody see Gwendozi's tackle to, uh, to halt? I think it was Zaha in the last couple of minutes. He absolutely rugby tackles Zaha, and I believe he was the last man, but got a yellow card. <laughs> what do you make of that, Paul?
2: I don't know. I guess Zaha's getting a tough break, man. I mean, he couldn't even get a call in the box until the him to VAR, so um, I guess it's probably, probably par for the course for him. Um, I missed that. I didn't see that tackle, but it doesn't surprise me at all.
0: It was a full-on uh, rugby tackle. He just uh, clotheslined him.
1: Was it as good as Fabinho on, on that kid James? To be it
0: was way worse. It was. <laughs> he just bear hugs him to the ground. But, uh, you know, we're, we seem to be coming up against these teams at the perfect time for us. And in a way, I think that's going to work. Um, obviously, depending on the result. If we get the win against Arsenal, um, kids or not. It, it, it could be yet another thorn in their side which eventually could work in their favour and it, it eventually could get them to get their own form up. Um, how, how do you think? They're Obviously, their form's terrible, but they've got to hit an upturn soon, Arsenal here.
1: Well, here's the thing. I mean, if you look at it, they're sitting fifth in the league. Um, you know, um, they're, they're, they're one point ahead of Crystal Palace who, on the flip side, we're saying they're having the season of their life. You know what I mean? Whereas Arsenal are only one point ahead of them and they're just having a terrible time. So, um, you know, and then you've got Chelsea and Leicester ahead of them who seem, you know, Lampard's doing a great job at Chelsea. Um, Rodgers has got Leicester playing some ridiculous football. Um, You know, so I I think Arsenal are, are in real trouble of falling behind. Uh, yep. If they don't get their shit together, and, and a loss to us tomorrow could really, yeah, you're right, it could really damage them. Um, even though it's in a different competition, but then they have to, you know, pick themselves back up because it's not just that team have to pick themselves up; they have to pick themselves up from the Crystal Palace, which they, they'll they'll consider a defeat because they were two Absolutely. nil up at home. They, they
0: will, yeah.
1: You know, um, so and we know that pain. We've we've been three 0 up against Palace, and they pulled it back against us. You know, you know what that feels like. So. um it's, yeah, Arsenal, I think they're there for the taking, just the way Spurs are, yep. you know, and, and we have a lot of players there. Our first team are all playing well. We've got a second string that are chomping at the bit to get minutes. And when they do come on, they're changing games. You know, example, Lallana, you know, coming on thing. and scoring. You know, um. so, yeah, it's uh, not that he's my favourite person in the world, but even at that. You can't deny that, that the guys are doing these things. So yeah, I, I just don't see much hope for, for Arsenal and, and especially we're at home, yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah, Fortress Anfield again, Paul.
1: For Fortress Anfield, yeah, it's
0: um three 0 so, Yeah, it's it's gotta be uh, a a decent result. So you're going three 0 I'd I'd I'll I'll go along with you. I'll I'll f- take your
1: f- oh, my, my I'll prediction. ride your coattails. Fabinho a screamer in the nineteenth minute in the top corner.
0: And a yellow card.
1: Yes, and a yellow card.
2: <laughs> Three mail for both of you guys?
1: Yep. Yeah, yellow card for taking his shirt off for celebrating striking one in the top <laughs> corner in the nineteenth minute.
2: Alright. I'll go uh, I'll go two one. I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a little bit tighter. I think I think the kids are I mean, I think there's going to be some youth and too much reshuffle on the back line. I think we probably can see at least one, but um, yeah, I think we squeak through for sure.
0: So I've got uh, just just a question here for you. One more question. Um, you can have a yes or no, or you can you can dig deeper into it. Even though I've, I've got a, a a pretty solid uh, response from from what we've just spoke about. Uh, this was something I seen on uh, LFC America. That's our uh, our sister page on Facebook. There. Um, one of the guys posted he said would you rather we sacrifice the league cup or would you rather we go for it now take it, take it for what you will um, you can give me a one word answer or you can delve deeper into it but uh, Paul we'll go to you here first sacrifice or go for it
2: Uh sacrifice I just think that, you know, obviously the, the priority has got to be the league uh, at this point. Uh, we're still still competitive in Europe um, in, in, in place to advance. Uh, I think this is where you get the kids some game time development, test your depth, uh, play around with some things so tactically. Yeah, sacrifice. And you, Chris?
1: I say go for it. Um, I, I think I've, I've said this before in, in a couple of th- – couple of occasions. I think this is this is the kind of domestic trophy I think we should go for. Um getting that win early in the year, you know, uh late February is the perfect little kick on for the rest of the season. Uh, I think Springboard, yeah. Springboard, yeah, sacrifice the FA Cup. It just clogs up the week. Um, all that kind of stuff at the end of the season, especially with the charge on the league and on the Champions League. I think early in the season when we're testing the depth and we're able to, you know, switch in players in and out. Um, we've got you know players coming back to full fitness, like Naby and, and like Ox, and, and making an impact. Uh, utilize those players and, and, and really go for it, um, because I think it's, like I said, springboard for the end of the season um, gets everybody's backs up, turns us turns Anfield into just that fortress again. Uh, that everybody, you know, we are the fortress. But until we actually have those kind of domestic silverware to to go on top of the Champions League we're not quite there. And I think that's the one that will give us the little kick on for the end of the year. And I think if we win that, we can do the treble.
0: Absolutely. Well, here, I haven't I haven't quite got the uh, the scouse energy of a, of a Kazi to go on a a 10-minute <laughs> rant here. But we are. We're the best fucking team in the world. Everybody else is shite. Uh, Kazi <laughs> would go on and on and on. And I'll channel him now for a minute. But we are, we're the fucking unbearables, lads. The best team in Liverpool's history. The best team in the fucking country right now. We're the best team in fucking Europe right now. We're unbeatable. We're fucking, we'd never say die. We never give up. We're fucking, it's unfathomable how, how well we're doing here. Two points dropped, 10 games in. I mean, do you have anything else to add, lads, other than we are... The fucking
1: best. Nah, I the think that's good.
0: That. We're the fucking best, lads. That's it. Up
1: the fucking reds.
0: Up the fucking reds. So go. with uh, with all that being said, lads, um, that's probably it. Uh we could probably stay here for another hour and talk about VAR yeah. and Harry Kane, the diving wee bastard. Um, but we won't. <laughs> So don't forget to, to like us, follow us, and subscribe or, or join in for a wee discussion there on LFC America and Facebook and Americanscouser.com and any any of your your reading material needs, we've got you at hand with the, the five talking points. We've got the red trenches and we've got the player ratings and we've got Paul Bickler here with the Lone Lads. Paul, it's been a pleasure to have you. Chris, uh, uh, as always, a pleasure to have you boys. Um Give us give us a quote to lead us into the Arsenal game. We're fucking top of the league. We're the fucking best. We're the unbearables. Let me hear you. Paul.
2: Shit, dude. Put me on a spot like that. A quote? <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. I don't I don't know. We're gonna we're really gonna get it done. I don't have a quote. Sorry, it's too late in the evening. And I'm pretty, that's what that's what I'm we're going much, with, paul. I too much fucking beer already to be quoting anything right now. <laughs>
0: Chris, let me hear your let me hear channel channel your cause.
1: Channel my cause. It's gonna be a sad fucking train ride back to London for all those Arsenal boys.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well there you have it, lads. We have our tenth game in. We're top of the league. We're unbearable. We're the
2: best. Signing out. American Scouser. Up the Reds.
1: Up the Reds.